and welcome to Just Talking. My name is Michael Lipton. And this is Joshua Lipton. And welcome back to one more fantastic episode of Just Talking. All right, we've got, uh, got some stuff to talk to you about. Um, got some quick hits. We've got a good debate going on today about the Buddy Cop movies. And we will finally get to our uh, discussion of Good Time. All right, so finally. Uh, quick hits. Finally. I mean, it, it's, it's been delayed. It has. It wasn't as delayed as Sorry to Bother You, but it, it's, there's been a delay. Yeah, I mean, sorry to bother you, though. Pandemic, good excuse. Josh being, having other stuff going on, eh, debatable excuse. It's, it's, debatable. It's, uh, it's, I, I accept it. It okay. gets a pass. I'll take it. All right. I'll take it. So, quick hits. You got anything to talk about this week? Uh, nope. Nope. Wow. Okay. I'm. I'm just like last week. I'm gonna have to carry the. Uh, You're carrying the load. Put the team on the back. Yeah. So quick hits. First, uh, I got one quick hit to discuss, which is um, new, uh, possible song of the summer for what could be a weird summer out. Uh, Dead Mouse and the Neptunes have a collaboration, which is essentially Ooh. a Dead Mouse track production with uh, Pharrell singing on top of it called Pomegranate, which, to me, is just proof that. I mean, I, I'm a big Dead Mess fan, and I feel like he's got the talent that if he really, really, really wanted to, he could just take over, take over pop music. But he doesn't choose to do that unless he really wants to collaborate with someone. And this is a pretty, pretty sweet song. So uh, I, I think it's good proof. It's called Pomegranate. Check it out. I'm enjoying it. Maybe not as much as some of his other stuff, but uh, it's it's really good stuff. I'll have to check that out. Nice. I honestly, I was just listening to. A Pharrell song, actually. I mean, it's uh, N.E.R.D., Nerd. Um, Like his original... It was his original band, right? And the Neptunes is what? Just... Pharrell Nerd. I can't remember the other guy's name. The guy from Nerd. I thought thought it was like part of Nerd became the Neptunes who then do the production. Anyway, I was listening to recently some old Pharrell, and I was like, man, his shit was dope. Yeah, very extremely talented, uh, extremely talented guy. Um, I don't think it would be his first song of the summer contender. I mean, he had Happy, which was a a big song for Song of the Summer. Happy? Really? I've never heard of it. uh, He had a couple (laughs) collaborations with Daft Punk that were huge tracks for Song of the Summer, Get Lucky, and um, what was the other one that was with him? Can't remember right now. But two really good songs. I mean, the guy, guy makes hits. Yeah. No debate there. No debate there. All right. Um, what else? I, I don't really have anything else for quick hits this week, honestly. And, well, that's the thing. Like, with the pandemic, everything's slowed down. So I feel like there's no quick hits. There's slow, long hits. If, okay, how about this? I'll give you a quick hit. So we're in Toronto. Did you recently hear about all the people in Trinity Bellwoods? Oh, yeah. I, I definitely saw all that, and I was appalled. So Shocked and appalled. And appalled. Yeah. Honestly... So this, I want to say this has been my theory for a bit, but for a while I've basically been saying to people that like most rules and laws are in place because 90, I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm just going to spitball it. 90 to 95% of people, maybe higher, maybe lower, maybe it's 80, whatever it is, are good, decent people that follow the rules the vast majority of the time. And then there's a small minority of people that are shitheads and ruin it for everyone. (laughs) Okay, and I'm like, we were in Midtown, we were walking around, we bumped into some people, not literally, but we like had some chats with people who were standing farther away. We went to parks, but like the parks we went to, there was maybe like 
30 people in the entire park, you know, like these big parks, everyone's spread out, you know, people may be like, wave, hey, good morning, you know, a beautiful day, huh? Everyone's nice, getting out, enjoying the weather, but we're still being safe. And then all these people at Trinity Bellwoods, I, I heard my buddy's a cop and he was saying, oh, yeah, I heard that they might uh, have to put additional restrictions in because they're afraid that it's going to spike because of what happened in Trinity Bellwoods. And this just goes back to my theory that like most people are doing the right thing, but a small minority ruin it for everyone. Yeah. And I mean, just total, total dipshits. Yeah. Okay. If so you, if, if, if you were at that park and you were just like, this is totally okay. I'm fine with this. I, I'm not a fan of you. Yeah. I, I have strong words, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put them on. on and not just to, that. I mean, record. my thinking is also like, you go like, what's what's your thinking? Is it like, well, I want to go to Trinity Bellwoods, then you show up, like, you know, I understand you want to go to Trinity Bellwoods, but then you see other people there, and you say, oh, I guess I, I probably shouldn't go. But then they say, well, I don't want to be left out, so then they go, and then everyone keeps doing. Like, I feel like I, I get it if there was like a hundred people. Because it's a big park. You could, you could have a bunch of people there, and they could be spread out. Like, I'm not against – I think some people are taking this too serious, and, and I don't want to say that I'm taking this cavalier. But, like, I don't think we need to shut down every park and have a lockdown. I think people are adults. They can make their own decisions when they're acting reasonably. And I think most people, again, acted reasonably. Most people went out this weekend or, or, or went out sometime. Maybe they went to their backyard and garden. Maybe they went for a socially distanced walk, which Aaron calls a SODI walk, which I keep telling her it's not going to catch on, but she keeps trying to make it a thing. Stop trying uh, to make fetch happen. It's I, not going to happen. That's what I keep telling her. Um, so, so, like, and then these people are going to ruin it for everyone. So it's kind of a planting grievance, but I'll... I'll that that's my that's my quick hit. Yeah, I, I I didn't have that in my complaints and grievances, but yeah, that's definitely a, a very good grievance. That is a grievance that I will I will you know give my stamp of approval. Um, I guess if we have nothing else for quick hits, then uh, let's move on to complaints and grievances. Now that we've already started on them. Okay. But yeah. Here's my complaint and grievances. I got one to start, and it's with our podcast. Why are these two things so close together? I feel like these two can easily, they should either be spread farther apart throughout the podcast. Quick hits like, and complaints and grievances. Yeah. I feel like quick hits. I, I agree should start, and then complaints and grievances maybe maybe put a little later. I don't know. Just because I was just complaining, and now I'm like, well, now I got to complain again. <laughs> You, what you want complaints to just be you want to end it on a sour note you just want to have all this great talk and then just like all right now that we've got all the positive stuff out of the way let's shit on stuff to end the podcast. <laughs> no 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 not at the end but maybe in the middle to break it up you know all right if you want to do that then we can push complaints back and we can move no, on no, to no, the let's next do it one. now and then, i wanted to complain about the right. complaints <laughs> okay so that's your first complaint i've got two one of them i might save but one of them is um something that that it's going to matter a lot to me and, and not as much to you, but um, I'm a huge fan of the band Nine Inch Nails, as you know, but a lot of the people on the uh, listeners on the pod might not know. Uh, they have not come to Toronto in 11 years, and they just released um, something showing that they had planned a tour that uh, they now had to cancel because of that. And they were going to end the tour with a week in Toronto, five shows in a row. Wow. Have not been to Toronto in 11 years. Um, and as, as someone who 
really, really badly wants to see them in Toronto. Fact that I mean, they said they're going to try and get it done a year later, but just it's just I would have I would have loved to have gone to. I don't know if I've got I've got the the budget to go to all five, but I would have seriously considered going to as many as possible. Um, so yeah. you don't think there'd be like diminishing returns? Like I get it. If they haven't been here, in, you said five years, eleven years, eleven years, eleven years, and there's five episodes. Like one, you're like, oh my god, they're back. Okay, fine, even two. But then by like three, you're like, you know, again, I'm sure you love them, but I'm like, I'm trying to think of the my favorite band. I don't think I could go to like five of their concerts in a week. Just I me. feel like if you're doing five concerts in a week in a city, you've got something special planned where you might do something like on their last tour for one of their shows, they decided to play one of their EPs start to finish all the way through, which they hadn't done since like the EP had come out at a concert. So if you got five nights, you could probably, you might they might do something like playing an album through solid all yeah. the way each night, which Except would have I, been insane. I mean, to me, I wouldn't want that. And there's not that many bands where I want to hear every song on their album. And I like that you say, you know, if you have five out, uh, shows planned in a city, like you probably got something special. Like I've never heard of an, uh, uh, any band or artist doing five nights in a single city. And Toronto's like, yes, it's a pretty big city. It's like what the top 10 biggest city in uh in north america i don't know if it's number 10 is it's in the top 10 easily so yeah. it's a big city major city cultural capital like one of the cultural capitals but like it's not new york it's not la and i've never heard of like anyone going like six like four nights in new york i've heard like two when when someone's like a big sellout two maybe maybe they go three i've heard three like a couple times i've never heard of five shows so yeah, to this me was... this whole thing seems like nine inch nails is weird to be weird they're like yeah let's not go you know what let's undo that let's go let's go five shows that'll undo the not going for 11 years i'm like that's not how it works i don't know this is just my opinion of nine inch nails i like their music but they just i don't know they seem like different for the sake of different yeah well uh, the other thing is they didn't have any other stop on the the tour that was more than three shows in any city so they just doubled down on toronto for some reason so they did have other nights where they were three shows on yeah they had a bunch of cities i don't think they had most of their sh most of their cities were two nights a bunch of them were three and then toronto was just five interesting very interesting yeah. All right, I've got one other. So my complaint is that that's not happening. Also, just as a, a side thing, uh, he he for stuff like this, Trent Reznor will actually write the emails himself rather than like the the mass email to the like the newsletter rather than letting someone from corporate do it. Um, and he also he's got a sense of humor for some of this stuff. Uh, all of the they, they're actually selling tour merch for this tour that never happened with all the proceeds going to food banks in the cities where the tour would have uh, gone to and the descriptions the product descriptions for all of the uh items for the tour merch are hilarious because the idea is essentially we live in a world where truth doesn't matter as much so let's just pretend that this tour actually happened and it was the greatest tour ever every response on the internet was 100 percent positive we played every single song we've ever played uh, ever ridden on the tour. Uh, everyone got free Mango LaCroix because 
just weird fact about Trent Reznor. He likes Mango LaCroix, and he gets made fun of for it all the time. And apparently he's in on the joke now. Cause he deserves to be made fun of. Honestly, I like... Yeah, do you drink LaCroix? I always call it LaCroix, not LaCroix. But I, I, I feel know. like it's properly LaCroix, but because it's an American product, it's yeah. going to be LaCroix. I, eat, I drink my LaCroix in the foyer. <laughs> Next to the I, d- I don't in- I don't like it very much, but I just think it's funny that he. Wait, you don't I believe like it was, mango? He was doing an interview like and he, yeah, he was drinking a mango Lacroix. He's like, I'm gonna lose so much street credit for saying this, but I really enjoy these. No, no, but so here's my point. You've you've had Lacroix before? Yeah, I don't like it. You what flavor did you try? I don't remember. It just tasted like water with no flavor. Okay, because I gotta be honest. Like, there's some flavors where I'm like. But honestly, others are great. I really like tangerine. We got grapefruit. I like grapefruit. Honestly, grapefruit to me doesn't taste like much. It's pretty plain. So I'm with you with that. Like some are very like way too plain, and and some I just don't like the flavor. And others are like, man, this could be my like. I love this. So it's 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 a. I actually think it's a pretty good drink. And uh, apparently, the dude who runs that company is also a weirdo, like major really? weirdo. Yeah, I did not know that. He, also, re- he just... released a press release because their stock went through the roof because they were like a nothing company, and he released something like "We're changing, we're changing the beverage game." Like it was just the weirdest press release ever about how like, you know, sometimes when people like tech companies, I know have this like vision of the future where we're changing the way the world works. He was like that, but with bubbly water. And I'm like, it's it's still bubbly water. Like nothing's. I will say <laughs> that, that bubbly water has. There are a lot of these much more weekly flavored bubbly water products on the market now, like bubbly, Lacroix, and there's others that are just. It's becoming a larger market share. It is. Well, yeah. Well, weirdly. because so the way I think about it is, there might be a bigger market share, but like I don't think they're changing the game. But, um, like people are drinking soft drinks less because they are more health conscious and so but people still want a little bit of flavor and a little bit of uh i'm gonna uh, effervescence blah, blah, blah. Uh, yes sorry i was having a tongue twister there and i had uh i had my fiance whisper in my ear <laughs> effervescence. she saved you yeah she saved me again um but no so like i yeah bubbly is okay i always call it buble because those commercials Lacroix is good. I love my soda stream. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else that's above? I know that there's other ones, but they're not as big. But uh, I think that I I feel like, given how lightly flavored these all are, I don't feel like they deserve. That's where I was going to go. Do you know White Claw? Do I know? uh, Is that like the alcoholic version of this? Yeah. So like the big thing in alcohol now is like these hard seltzers, like. Um, so White Claw is a hard seltzer that just came to Canada and like lineups were around the corner. People were talking about it on social media all the time. Aaron and I bought a couple and we're like, meh, it tastes like bubbly water. It's got a tiny bit of flavor and has some alcohol in it, but like you can't even really taste the alcohol. And like, I'm sure on a really hot day, it's probably refreshing, but like, I still don't think I like it better than a beer, but it probably is also like. A little healthier probably less calorically dense but they're they're going off like crazy i think before the coronavirus corona the beer company was trying to launch corona seltzer like a hard i think it was that and there's all these other seltzer companies we've seen pop up out of nowhere uh because it's it's a really growing market every year though there's a different fat first it was like flavored whiskeys a couple years ago that was crazy 
I'm sure seltzer is not going to last forever, but it's it's the alcoholic version of of you know what we were talking about. Yeah. All right. Um, I I have one other complaint, but I'm actually going to save it because it, it it ties into our debate a little bit. So okay. I'm instead going to move us on to our stupid conversation of the week. Which, stupid uh, this week... conversation of the week. Okay, I don't know if that's Dan. <laughs> I mean, come on, you need a stupid intro for a stupid conversation. <laughs> you know what? If we're, if we're going to do that, I'm, I'm going to try one of, like, this is the Just Talking Stupid Conversation of the Week. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to You stop, don't want the but, trumpets? Um, oh, baby. I'm not talking about the trumpet. I'm talking about any of this. Bring like, in except... the horns. Uh, okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't know what to do with this. But um, I'm going to just move on to the actual conversation. So for this week, for this week, our stupid conversation of the week is the Vegetable Hall of Fame. I've been discussing with, uh, with my wife, Rachel, what are the... the premier vegetables, one of the best vegetables, and I came up with the idea of the Vegetable Hall of Fame, where we honor the greatest vegetables around. Uh, this is purely for culinary uses. We're not talking about, you know, oh, well, alfalfa should be on there because alfalfa is important for beef production, or oh, this thing provides us with mess. No, just in the kitchen, what you really want there. Re so, oh, interesting. So you think just in the see, I think it should be kind of included for everything, but like mainly like, like I still am not going to pick alfalfa. Just because, like, I like my point is other things should matter beyond just, like, the kitchen, I guess. Like, if something's really, really good but really expensive and hard to get, I'm like, it's not going to be – it's not going to be on there. You know what I mean? But I, I don't want someone to just – I don't think, like, someone will be like, yeah, but this vegetable is what we get, you know, this medicine from, and that medicine saves lives, so that should be in the – no. Yes, I just, agree with you there. Just kitchen. I'm trying to restrict Fine. it because then, then it makes it – very much a one-to-one -one comparison where everything is just this is kitchen kitchen yeah, stuff. I get you. All right, so I provided you before this, uh, before we record this, my with, a, with with a list of potential you know nominees, and I asked you to come up with uh, your top five, your next five, and then also what is the worst five? What is the worst ballot that you could possibly yeah. come up with for for five nominees? I want to hear what your first ballot is for who you think are the top five. I think I, I don't remember them off by heart, but it was onion, carrot, celery, garlic, and potato. And potato. Okay, you've got a couple in common with me. I've got onion, garlic, and potato, but I've also got tomato and mushroom. Okay. I know you don't like mushrooms, but for me, mushrooms, they, they can take over an entire dish. You can have grilled portobellos. You can... They can go with a lot of different things. They have a, such a strong flavor that, that's earthy and rich, and you can use it as just the star of a, the show rather than just a side dish. And I just think it's uh, there's just so many different types of mushrooms that are amazing and fantastic, and I think that they uh, they belong in there. They really do. Unless we're talking magic mushrooms, I'm not, I'm not putting them on the list. <laughs> I mean, we said just culinary uses. I mean, otherwise, uh, otherwise, uh, otherwise, they are like obviously the first. They are the number one. Number They're the one. Babe Ruth. Yeah, first, yeah. Now, okay, number two to me, and I know you said only kitchen, but I'm including, I'm taking a more broad approach. I would put corn on the number two ballot because I think corn syrup goes into so many things, processed corns in everything. So even uh, though we I'll don't cook it. with corn, but like it's still in a lot of things that we use. So corn, 
ginger, tomatoes. I, I'm going to say lettuce. I know you had like different versions of lettuce, and I know we don't want to get too, oh, Boston Bib versus Romaine, but like, you know, general lettuces, I guess. Yep. And, hmm, I don't know. So a lot of, a lot, everyone, uh, uh, my second ballot has carrot and celery, which were your first ballot, guys. It's also got ginger, and then I've got sweet peppers and hot peppers as my last two there. Just I'm going to put hot peppers. I love hot, hot peppers. Hot peppers over sweet yeah. peppers. Okay. Oh, well, I, I love actually, spice, I, so. I, I back it just because, like, spiciness, even if, even if it's not like a pepper-based dish, hot peppers pro- can provide you that extra oomph. Yeah, think about how many people put spicy stuff in dishes. Like, peppers are in some things, but spice is in so many things. I mean, could you even say black pepper? Like, I know we're getting a little, like, is that, that a... I think... Uh, I don't know. I think that's actually technically a, a, a berry or a fruit. Black pepper. Right. Well, anyway, I'm going hot pepper. Yeah. But uh, I, I think the, 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 the main things was onion, garlic, and potato are pretty much, uh, those are universals. That's your, yeah. you know, your, your, your Babe Ruth. And, well, I basically did, yeah, my mirepoix, yeah. and then garlic and potatoes. And I'm like, yeah. and then number two was like all the other, all the ones that just missed. Yeah, the thing that you corn, to corn me, is like, third ballot. Yeah, but, see, uh, and to me, corn and hot peppers are like they're both like. I don't think people eat them on their own a lot. They obviously, you also eat like corn, a lot of like, Mexican food, which. Oh, I love Mexican food so much. I'm probably gonna have a. Yeah, I mean, like I just bought like uh, tom- uh, tomatillos from Whole Foods, oh, so I'm gonna make some. I know I'm gonna make some uh, salsa. We bought some pickled jalapenos. We got some cheese. We're gonna make some nachos. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be a good time. Yeah. All right, I, I now want to hear what's the worst ballot that you can come up with, because I've got my list here. Do you want me to go first? See, I find this cruel. Like, can you imagine making a worst ballot for, like, a sport? Like, for the worst ballot, Hall of Fame for baseball, Kevin Gregg. Like, I don't know, like, isn't that mean saying, like, who's the worst? So Yeah, but I'm these like... are inanimate. We're, we're, I'm not making fun of a human being. I'm making fun of a vegetable, and not just that, a vegetable that... That I I believe deserves to be put down. I believe <laughs> I believe some of these. Yeah, wow. I'm, I'm gonna start off. I'm gonna start. I I'm gonna start with okra. Okra is my 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 top thing for the worst ballot. Uh, okra I think is trying to have a moment, but it doesn't deserve it. Okra's good. Okra, get back to where you belong, away from from people's you know dishes. Away, boo boo. Okra. See, here's I why got, I don't find it fair. Because like I'm just gonna name. Veggies that I don't like, but I don't actually think like I don't like eggplant. But I'm also like, but I know it's not like a terrible food. Now I'm just trying to think like, what's a food that like really goes bad quickly, where you just like, and it's gone. I mean, okra because okra. I I also just think okra is just it doesn't serve any purpose. I don't think okra. there are dishes where you really need okra. Otherwise, it doesn't work. It's just sort of trying to be there. Like it's it's the guy who like you want to hang out with your buddies and they bring that guy. You're just like. Ugh. <laughs> that's okra Fair. I don't know I, I'm I, again like I hate mushrooms but I don't think they deserve I'm having a real tough time with this one I'm trying to think I, like I might go you go next I'm still thinking right, I'm I, I got parsley couple. I got parsley on here because again parsley ooh dill dill dill's the word dill Dill, okay, I had parsley slash other leafy greens. So yeah, dill, dill. Because you know, dill, dill is, just a, 
I don't even like dill pickles. I like I like pickles. Really? I like, don't like dill pickles. That's, I like okay. that's the hot dill take pickles of the... are okay, but there's so many other kinds of pickles that are way better. So I'm like, and then dill on anything else is like a tiny bit can be okay, but a lot is terrible. Just get it out just, of here. Yeah, it just tastes like dill. Everything just starts tasting like dill. So dill dill's down there for sure. Okay. The next couple are ones that I I kind of like. In, at, at sometimes, but in general, I don't think I think they're of of the available vegetables. They're the worst. I got seaweed, where I like sushi, but you don't need to have the seaweed on the end of the sushi. And the other what? and the other thing, where it's I like, seaweed like dried salad. seaweed. Dry, I'm not a seaweed salad guy. It's just it I don't like so the texture. Good. I like dry seaweed more than like fresh seaweed, and I just think seaweed of all the vegetables. I mean, I I I don't hate seaweed. But when when you've got it up against you know the, these titans of cuisine, you really gotta put it in its place. I don't know. What else? Right. What's there? The the next two are are gonna be harder for me because I, I at times I do like them. Parsnip, parsnip is in general not oh. one of my favorites, but how parsnip, parsnip in like a, a chicken soup or parsnip seaweed. fries are really good. Oh, parsnip is so mediocre. Like, listen, it's okay, but it's like it's clearly not. It's it's a root vegetable that's like inferior to other root vegetable. Like that's my thinking. It's like all vegetables have their purpose, but some are like it's like the the le- like the lettuce where like there's a bunch of lettuces. So like it's easier to compare within lettuce to compare like two things that are very different. And yeah. parsnip, so parsnip versus I, like I can a go carrot. my life without ever having parsnip. Yeah, exactly. You can put carrot in whenever. Basically, anytime it calls for parsnip basically i'm not saying 100 but you can substitute for something else most of the time and you'll be okay a chef's gonna be like no you can't yeah you can you'll be okay you know what i mean there's, there's other yeah, things I, where I you think cannot. most of the time you can you can substitute carrot and you'll be maybe better most some of the time and if not like you're, you're not taking a dip yeah so like i'm i, I agree with person but i'm like i don't know how you have that above okay okay here's one that people are gonna here's a hot take hot take asparagus whoa no no get out of here what asparagus for worst veggies no yeah. okay love so, asparagus i love okay great. i hate asparagus it's green beans are better oh. asparagus makes your pee smell <laughs> like what is the plus here that's that's this is this is like um How this is things- like the an athlete who had a scandal in their career that's everyone brings it up when they don't have anything good to, to like actually no, say like, against okay. their quality of play you're just like no 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 but like he he, he had that one instant and, but, and so we really don't want to let him in that's mo- what you got against veggies, asparagus is the most pizza. veggies it's a scandal like one or two positives where it's like oh they taste good or oh they make like you can really add them to things like asparagus is like a lesser like when when Aaron and I are looking for greens for for dinner, we go like, oh, do we want broccoli? Do we want rapini? Do we want uh, green beans or asparagus? I will never choose to me. Asparagus is the worst of all of them from taste perspective, and and it makes your piece. It's like it's not that good. And why would you do it anyway? <laughs> to me, wow, it's, okay. And I'm, then, I'm gonna say hard disagree, but uh, th- that's why we have these, you know. Um, and then I'm also going to go, even though I do like radishes, I feel like that was my last one. That was yeah, my last one. Was I, was gonna say, I like radishes, but like, they're also such a mediocre one. And then maybe for me, like artichokes. Art- oh yeah. Oh yeah. No artichokes. Artichokes should be on there over. Artichoke is definitely like 
a first pick for for worst. But again, I want to apologize to all the veggies whose feelings we've hurt, except for asparagus. You can suck at asparagus. Wow. Okay. Going real hard. That was unnecessary, and you know it. Uncalled for. Aggression. <laughs> all right. I think uh, I think that's uh, that wraps up our um, stupid conversation of the week. Do you want to do you want to do a conversation of the week? Fantastic. Um, <laughs> you know what? The, the horns are kind of growing on me a little bit. Dude, they're great. A little bit. Okay. Honestly, okay, <laughs> side note. More songs need to have horns in them. Real horns, not like a guy making a horn sound. But like, I was recently remembering. <laughs> no, I think more songs should just have a guy just like making noises yeah. with, with his mouth. That guy, he's yeah. dreaming big. He's He wants to get on like the top pop exactly. records. Get up he's, off he's, of that funk. <laughs> it's but, an aspirational goal for him to to hit the uh, top of the the Billboard chart. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, people used to scat, right? Like, I don't say it's the same, but like, I can't believe no, like, scatting is a is is its own art. It's its own art. <laughs> it kind of is. It's it is an important thing it's, in jazz music, where it was a uh, way for a vocalist to still have a solo where they provide a scat is to music as art as miming is to acting okay wow interesting okay you're pulling out these hot takes first you're going after asparagus then after scatting they they, they were originally important but they are farcical today yeah i'm saying today (laughs) scatting is it's not like an important thing but like it was it was it was uh an important development in jazz music Okay, well, uh, oh, right. Debate more, for next week more, is scatting over it. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but do, more songs do need horns. I was listening to some old Kanye West, and I can't remember what song it was, but like, uh, it was probably like Touch the Sky or something, and the horns are just like, yes, yes. Yeah, it's so funky. It's a Curse Mayfield song, originally. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, I know. But like, bring it back. More. It's same with like when, you know, the song, uh, it's by Migos, uh, Mask Off. I don't. I okay. don't think I've ever purposefully listened. Percocet, male percocet. That one. Okay, yeah. I've I have heard that song. Okay, so there's a flute in that song, or a flute sample. But I'm like, same thing. It's like flutes, and I want to bring back all these like instruments. Like to me, they're a little bit like some some of these veggies, where I'm like, they're not great on their own, and you shouldn't like highlight them. But like every now and then, you're like, damn fennel, you just brought this salad to another level. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like fennel. Fennel like, deserves its own little moment. Yeah, well, it yeah, hasn't exactly. had it yet, Fennel's but deserves great, it. Great, but it can sometimes br- like bring the whole piece together, and like the music, yeah. same way where you're just like you sometimes can't the horn. For make, too. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, but I wouldn't ever like. I'm not putting fennel. Fennel's a role player. You know what I mean? He's a, he's at the yeah. end of the bench, but when he when you call him up, he does his job. You know, for those for those minutes that he's that he's in, he you know. He keeps the game steady while your your starters get the rest. Steady, Very ready, fennel. <laughs> I'm gonna call him that. Okay. What? Um. De- debate. Yeah, uh, I don't know. In terms of flute, I mean, sorry, just to to stick to it. I mean, one one, one of my favorite bands of right now, uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Stu plays the flute. So I mean, I don't think he played it on Infest the Rat's Nest, but I do believe he did play it on Fishing for Fishies. So the flute, True. it's there. It's real. It's a right. and guess what? People love King Gizzy and Lizzy Wizzy. I love King <laughs> Gizzard. Anyways, um, I am going to move on to the debate. 
um, which is, should Hollywood make more buddy cop movies? I think I know what side you want to defend. I know what side I want to defend. But um, Are they opposite sides? I think you want more buddy cop movies. And you want? I don't think we need more. So let's just choose those sides. Let's not overcomplicate okay. this. Okay. Do you, do you want to go first? No, you go first. All right. Since you lost last week, I'll give you the first. first. <laughs> okay. Um, so a, a couple things. First off, buddy cop movies are, are really just action comedy movies that are just more restrictive. And I like action comedies, but I don't think buddy cop movies are where you're getting the good action comedy movies. For just, just I'm going to define what I believe falls under the purview of a buddy cop movie, just so that way we can know Your what Honor, we're talking if I about. May present. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important to establish definitions. Okay, let's go. So I think a buddy cop movie is an action comedy movie in which two opposing characters are forced to work together, and in the end, they bring down a criminal and save the day. Sound good? Over And over the course of this, they learn to respect each other. Yeah, I'll, I'll accept it. I mean, I don't think it's limited, but yeah, I, I would say that's the most typical definition, yeah. Yeah, I, I notice I didn't mention anything about police officers in there, because I actually think, if you look at a bunch of buddy cop movies, they do, both don't need to be police officers, and sometimes neither, neither really needs to yeah, be. Yeah, that's what it's yeah. like, the buddy cop movie. It's just like a buddy movie, but it's a buddy... Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I did want to, that's why I wanted to define it so that way I could, you know, make sure that, that everything that I got listed as the, you know, the canon of buddy cop movies is, is really established. Um, well, buddy cop movies are just action comedy movies. And I like action comedies, but this, it's not where you're getting the best action comedies. Um, second off, I just don't think there are very many good buddy cop movies just in history. I've, I've gone over, I've got the list of what I think is like the canonical buddy cop movie list which is 48 hours beverly hills cop lethal weapon midnight run tango and cash last boy scout die hard three bad boys men in black rush hour starsky and hutch kiss kiss bang bang hot fuzz the other guys 21 jump street two guns the heat ride along and the nice guys that's my list of what i think are you know that's the canonical list of the buddy cop movies of of uh, different eras yeah yeah. Am I leaving anything off? I mean, I don't have the complete list of the universe. Janet, is that the full list? Okay, yeah. Janet says it's okay. okay. If you're looking at what are the best buddy cop movies that have been made in like the past 20 years, I will tell you what I think are the best ones. Hot Fuzz, The Other Guys, 21 Jump Street. What's the one thing in common between those three movies? They're making fun of how stupid buddy cop movies are. That's the one common thing of the best buddy cop movies is making fun of how dumb buddy cop movies are. Okay. The last inject- really good one before that list was Rush Hour. And that's great because it's a Jackie Chan action comedy. It's not because it's a buddy cop movie. You could just, just give me Jackie Chan. Who cares about having Chris Tucker there? Just give me more Jackie Chan action comedy and I'm happy. That's all I need. Okay. Don't, don't give me anything else. So, so two things. Yeah. One... Can't believe you didn't call out that amazing Good Place reference with Janet. So that's A. Mm. B, how many buddy cop movies are currently made in a decade, would you say? Let, let's go over for like the, I don't know, since 2010, we've got the nice guys, Ride Along the Heat, Two Guns, 21 Jump Street, and the other guys. That's like 
you know, one every two years or something yeah, like one that? one every two years. So first of all, one every year and a half. should be probably. more is not a, and I would say, first of all, I can't believe the Nice Guys came out. I thought it was earlier than that. Anyway, whatever. Nice Guys was 2016. Oh, wow. I am. Yeah, that's really, really recent. And the other guys was 2010. Oh, sorry. The other guys. Right. Sorry. Yeah, the other guys. guys I got confused. Yes. The nice guys. Nice guys. Actually. Anyway, I think one. So one every two years, I think is a reasonable. So saying a year and more, a half. There's six and six and 10 years. That's whatever. It's let, the, the point is saying I want more does not mean I want a million. I don't think we need a million, but I think we could use a little more buddy cop movies. Okay. One. Are they fun? Have you ever, have you, like, does anyone leave, not, like, I think this world needs a little bit more brightness, and buddy cop movies bring that, you know what I mean? So I think that's one. Uh, uh, so it was, sound like you had a question in there, and the question was going to be, have you ever left a buddy cop movie not at least feeling like, yeah. Was yeah, that really was like, the question? what's the worst buddy cop movie you've seen? Oh boy. Um, I, I, I'm gonna tear into something right here, is I've rewatched, I rewatched a lot of buddy cop movies in the past week and a half to do homework for this, and I rewatched... The original Bad Boys, directed by Michael Bay, starring Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. Yeah. Will Smith is good in that movie, and everything else about that movie is terrible. That wow. movie is so bad. And within the past week, I've also rewatched the movie Armageddon by Michael Bay, and I just need to let everybody know that if, if you didn't know that Michael Bay is a bad director, and you should know by now, this is your like final notice that Michael Bay... Quite possibly is the least talented filmmaker. Which one's I've Armageddon? Ever. That's the one where they, uh, rather than training no, no, I, astronauts I, I, to drill, yes. is that they the train drillers one? to become astronauts in like ben 10 Affleck, days, right? send them just, off into just, space with Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck to drill into an outer space asteroid the size of Texas and blow it up right. with a nuclear bomb. So, so, two things. One, you're just flat wrong. Armageddon's a good movie. It's fun. Armageddon is, I've rewatched it. I think it might be one of the worst movies in the history of film. Okay, you're wrong. It's not. Bottom 10 all time. It's not. It's like, listen, I'm not going to say it's a masterpiece. I don't think it is. And people can have differences of opinion, but you're wrong. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm... it's not. Listen, I don't think Michael Bay, I think Michael Bay is a bad director. I think he does style over substance to the detriment of, of the art of film, I, I do agree with a lot. I'm sure, I'm sure I would agree with a lot, but like either A, you're not watching enough bad film, like you are not the average viewer. Michael, that's for sure. You watch yes, five-hour movies that are subtitles and there's like no words, that like and all black and white, and you're like, oh, it was great. I'm not saying it's not a great movie, but like most people just want to escape and they don't care about the continuity error in the corner or some uh, poor uh, angles and stuff. I am also, I wouldn't say the, the average viewer, I'm probably like, a, but I'm a little closer. And I've seen so many bad movies. The worst movie I ever saw, it's like this can't, like, there's, I've seen way more bad movies. Armageddon's a decent movie. It's a good movie. I like it. Um, but is it silly? Yeah. Is it stupid? Yeah. Has it aged well? That I'm not sure. Maybe I should rewatch it. But it's I don't remember no, it looking at it. Well. And that could Steve be the thing. Also... entire character just jokes about how he's uh you know scared of being arrested because he's definitely you know slept with underage girls multiple times. <laughs> Has not yeah. aged well. Yes, and that's my thing. We also can't judge movies like in the time that you, it's hard to judge a movie that sometimes is like you watch some movies that you loved as a kid. And you're like, ooh, that was a little insensitive. Ooh, they like know? make that same joke like five times in this movie. It's yeah. it's 
if they really hammer it home, like this is the gold mine of all comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Buscemi is a gold mine. Oh, don't get me wrong. Steve Buscemi is is just for awesome. someone who looks so creepy just to look at he has made the most out of that possibility by the way like he is so this is like the third movie that we talked about with steve buscemi on this uh, like on the debate section we debated was con air a good movie steve buscemi yeah i can't remember what i think there was another he's one got a weird line he's got a weird storyline in that one too which i know he's a weird guy but i like him all right good good for you steve buscemi you've done really well for yourself yes, um, but uh, the reason why we need more buddy cop movies like, I think there's a dearth of good action movies lately. And I think it's because they are trying to take themselves too seriously. I'm a badass. I want more action comedies. I like Central Intelligence. Is it a great movie? No. I thought it was fun, though. I watched it on an airplane. And I was like, that killed a, a, a little bit of time. That was good. You know? Yeah, so I, just I, action comedies. Just doesn't need why, to be buddy cops. Buddy? Just make me... Why not buddies? Because they, they just... I feel like it's very limiting, right? I just feel like usually, okay, usually in a, a buddy cop movie, not always, but most buddy cop movies are, you have the, the, the guy who does things by the book and then you got the wild one and then, you know, the you got the straight man and the wise guy and the, the humor is playing the straight man off, sorry, the wise guy off of the straight man and it's just blah, 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 blah. Okay. You have your, your so, sarcasm. So, so here's my point. That's saying, like, that's 99% of them. Okay, but One's saying, a real strong professional, one of them's not. So, but, so I agree. So listen, you could say buddy cops need to evolve and I might, I'd be okay with that. I think, you saw Central Intelligence? No, that was Kevin Hart and wow. The Rock. Of all the buddy cop movies, you didn't see that one. To me, the buddy cop movie, the quintessential part is it's about people evolving. They have a preconceived notion of who they are and who the other person is, and they learn to respect the other person and also become a better person themselves, and they fix their own flaws. We love seeing transformation and growth, but we want to see it in a fun, happy you know, environment. You know, Some people don't want to get too deep and think too much, and that's why the Bike Cup movie is the perfect format. I love 21 Jump Street. It was great. As for why some of these movies are, you said, making fun of the buddy cop genre. I don't think they were. I think they're making fun of tropes. Now, they happen to be buddy cop movies, so the tropes they're making fun of are often that. But we live in a cynical world where now everything has to be meta and making fun of itself. Deadpool, breaking the fourth wall. Like, how many movies now make fun of the fact that they're either in it, like Rick and Morty, where they say, oh, we're in a TV show or, you know, whatever. Everything has to be aware, as if making fun of the fact that you know that this is cheesy lessens the cheesiness. I think it's it can it can work, but I also think it's a delicate line, and I think we might be overdoing it sometimes because I've seen some. I'm like, yeah, we get it. Like, you can't make a shitty joke and then say, but I know it's shitty. Um, so, you know, I I do think, but in a more lighthearted way, I think it works, and I do think that. Did you see the heat? No, I did not. You missed. You're missing all these good buddy cup movies. Like literally all the ones that I remember. I, and I'm I like, just, I don't like Melissa McCarthy as an actress. Uh, I don't think she's funny. I know, I, and that's fair. And listen, me... I'm not going to say it's a great movie, but I think the stereotypes, like you look at old buddy cop movies, and they were like, yeah, he's a hard ass, and I'm a, and then there was the next evolution, which was like, okay, race relations, he's black, I'm white, how are we ever going to get along? And now, you know, that's completely normal. So that suddenly, you can, you have to move on to the next, What is what are barriers today that are still up? Now, again, there are still race relation issues. So I still think you could do that. 
and maybe do it in a different way and, and give a, a more nuanced look at, at what life is like for other people. But, you know, uh, I think there's, I think the new ones, especially um, Central Intelligence, which I liked, is about a guy who is an accountant but needs to, like, kind of, he kind of has let life pass him by. I'm reading a little deep into this really silly movie, but, you know, and The Rock shows him how to live a little. And again, stuff like that, I think we could use more buddy cop movies. I just think we need to freshen it up a little. So I think there's a difference between saying, should we get less of this soul genre or does a genre need to evolve and change? Just like all movies, all action movies need to evolve and change. I think some, just the action genre in, in general, is seems to be getting a little stale if you ask me every movie seems to have the same freaking scenes how many times have we we made fun of oh they walk away from an explosion in slow motion like we just saw a movie called my spy which was with uh dave batista and some little girl where he's like a you know he's an fbi agent and she's that and there's literally like three times in the scene where he's like and next i'll teach you the most important thing about being an action hero walking away from an explosion in slow motion it's like, how many times has that been made fun of? We get it. It's a trope. I think the whole genre of action, we've seen all these scenes so much, we need to inject new life. So I am I'm, I'm, I think I'm all for more buddy cop movies, but I, I will concede one thing. I think they need to change. We can't just keep remaking old movies. And I think this film industry in general is just making the same shit over and over, churning it out, I think there's going to be a reckoning. I think people are wanting something new and something a little different and something, you know, I don't. Evolved. I think what people want is they just want more Michael Bay stupid movies where <sighs> you can't tell what's going on because the editing is terrible. Everything's flashing 900 frames per second where, you, you know, nothing's actually visible and... You know, th things are completely unnecessary and over the top and crass. And I think that's what the, you know, the okay. general public wants. I'll say this. One, also, I'm, Michael I'm Bay's... going to say. Yeah. You go. I'm going to say, you were talking about uh, buddy cop movies about, you know, learning from each other, being different, and, you know, having growth at the end. Um, I'm going to say, of all the buddy cop movies I watched in the past week, I will give you the list of all the ones that I watched because it's uh, a lot. I watched Lethal Weapon, Midnight Run, Tango and Cash, Last Boy Step. Last Boy Scout, Die Hard 3, Bad Boys, Rush Hour, The Other Guys, Two Guns, The Nice Guys, all in the past week, just so I could say it's not that many good ones out there. But the one that I really enjoyed out of that list, which is by far like probably the stupidest one that works, is Tango and Cash from 1989. Okay. It is essentially, they get rid of all of the, let's have them grow over the course of this. There's no growth in those two characters. You know, let's make them super different. They're they're not all that different. They're just both of them are wise guys. There's no straight man and the wise guy. They're both they're both wise guys. It's just a sarcasm off between two action heroes in in Stallone and and Kurt Russell. And there's no growth. There's no there's no change. It's just let's just have them just do one liners. And it's everything that's made fun of in all the other movies, but so honestly done. And just so believing that, yeah, this is exactly what this movie should be. It it just is the most enjoyable thing to watch. You didn't like just, Nice Guys? I've, I'd, uh, oh, I like The Nice Guys. The Nice Guys was actually, I thought most of, I think most of that movie worked. The only thing that really didn't work for me is the, the central plot, uh, or like the, the, the fact that it's the, the car companies and the Cadillac convertible. You just change that to literally any other conspiracy. 
any like literally any other conspiracy that you can come up with. I don't I remember it well enough, amazing. but I also saw it a bit ago. But I liked it. But again, like I also think the I big enjoyed thing is, literally everything else about that. Yeah, movie. you don't have to think too deeply. Like I, I do agree. Also, sometimes, I mean, I think one thing that you said about Tango Cash, I haven't seen it, but from my understanding, it's like it's being, it's doing all those tropes that everyone's making fun of with all the silly one-liners. But it's doing unironically, and I do think we're missing Completely some genuineness. It's, it's... And that's my point. I find too many of these movies are trying to be something else and trying instead of saying like, "Let's just do something genuine." And genuine can can be a genuine moment. It doesn't have to be. But I think too many movies are just just follow the script. Yeah. I'm just gonna say in like Sylvester Stallone's first scene, he's got a stretch where he gives four one-liners in a 30-second stretch. Like, it, he has a conversation where every line he says is a one-liner. It's, it's impeccable. It is. It's art. It's, it's just... So let, let it, me ask it, you this. It brings joy. So slightly off topic, but same... Okay. What... Do you... Let's take a broader view, because I'm, I'm talking about action movies now. Actually, I'll, I'll get back to that in a second. You said you think most people want Michael Bay and explosions and stupidity. I, I maybe I'm I'm optimistic, but I don't think so. One, we've seen a lot of original new media that's come out that's creative stuff like Rick and Morty stuff that's very different, right? So I'm hope and and Netflix is, has had some hit shows that are about weird stuff like Tiger King, which again I'm not saying that's good or bad, but I'm saying it's it's different. It's not the same shit over and over again. Two. That's just that was just a, a true crime documentary essentially, but more focused on the weirdness of the individuals than on the crime. That's true, but true crime is a relatively new genre too. I'm saying it's not an explosion. Like the fact that you know the blockbuster was basically a documentary is kind of new. It's typically just been you know action movies or, or family movies. So that's one. That's actually been the place where Netflix has probably done the worst is action movies. I, I would agree. They did. They did the latest Michael Bay one, which sucked, and I heard got terrible reviews. So I'm like, that's some positive news. Three, Michael Bay movies have only done well financially lately because of China. Like literally when you look at – and Dubai, I think. But basically when you look at their box office, I think they went from like 20% overseas to like 80% of their revenue now comes from overseas. They filmed like one of the movies – one of the Transformers movies in China – one in Dubai, and they're just like, everyone there's like, oh, look. And it's obviously, again, the good part is you don't need to translate action. Like, you can see an explosion, and it translates very well. But, you know, I think that that's proved that people want more than just explosions. Uh, they still did like $200 million domestic box office. Correct. But I think that's at least. And, and here's my next point, which I think is maybe the best point, maybe not. How much does Fortnite make, like, in a quarter? I don't know. That is, that's not a, even a something that billion I would dollars, have a frame of reference. A billion dollars a quarter, at least. I don't know exactly how much, yeah. but I, I, I remember reading something. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, let me know. But I think it said a billion dollars a quarter. That's a free video game that everyone knows about. Movies used to be the number one thing for pop culture and entertainment. Now there are so many other places to get your entertainment. I think as we go on, movies are going to have to step their game up. And huge budgets and productions for crappy movies just aren't going to work. I think they're like, and I think we saw that by a lot of, a lot of studios started canceling these, these cinematic universes that were just the same shit over and over again. 
and they I think that was just because they 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 did a bad job of they tried to rush making a cinematic universe which i think is I the big that. trend that they learned is that you can't just be like oh yeah let's do one movie and just have it assume that we'll have nine others rather than trying to build it organically and then for sure and listen, I mean, there's also the whole thing that, like, people say, like, is the Marvel Cinematic Universe good for movies or bad? I think the movie industry is due for a reckoning. I think, for one, this COVID situation is going to ch- – I mean, I'm going a little off topic, but I think it's proved that, you know, is anything in production right now? Uh, a couple things, but not a lot. Okay, so it's severely hurt production. Uh, obviously, a lot of things are hurt, but, like, movies take a lot of people – in a pretty tight quarter between cinematography, editing, filming, uh, you know, PAs, all that. So it makes it very tough to do stuff like that. And they have huge budgets. And meanwhile, I'm not, I'm not saying this is, this is the same as like real cinema, but like for an entertainment movies are, are entertainment. Their substitute are like Snapchat user generated content on Facebook, people in their video, in their living rooms, YouTubing get millions of views and it costs them nothing. So I think that the movie industry is due for a reckoning, and they're going to realize, holy shit, we have a bloated cost structure. We have, we've become so reliant on tent poles and IP that people are getting bored of superhero movies, and we forgot how to make original content. I think, the, like a little... I think you're, you couldn't be more wrong. Okay. Well... Partly because you were talking about how so much more is coming from the international box office. That's not just with the transform like Transformers movies. That's so many movies are making more money because they now have a larger audience that has uh, you know access to their cinema. Movies might be you know peaking, uh, you know, it might be plateauing in terms of their box office in North America. But it used to be that you know you got half or more of your box office from North America. If North America box office is staying the same, but everywhere else is growing, just because your percentage in North America is shrinking doesn't mean your overall numbers are. They're making Correct. stupid amounts of money still. Oh, I have Why no would doubt. they change that? But They're, I think you're missing my point. Billion dollar movies happen all the time. Now. I think you're missing Why my point. Why would they stop? Which is that, I'm not saying that they're not. I'm saying that I think that trend is going to... By the way, when I say I think this is going to happen, I'm not saying five years, ten years. I'm saying, like, over the next 30 years, I think movies are – and that's kind of my point. If you stop pleasing the people that's your core audience, which is the people at home in, in North America, and you become more reliant on outside – you know, international, I think that is a proof that people here value it less. And meanwhile, outside of there – I think there's still the novelty of American cinema and the novelty of maybe they have fewer options for entertainment. Depends on the country. Obviously, China's got tons of entertainment and, and stuff, but other countries, maybe less so. I think, like, was it, like, Dubai has, like, not Dubai, was it? Saudi Arabia has, like, no movie theaters, and they're like, we're going to open our first movie theater, and they're, like, showing whatever, you know, Spider-Man is probably going to sell out. I'm not saying they're going to make tons of money, but my point is, I think that they're becoming more reliant on that. And yes, right now it's growing. But there's this case study I remember doing, which was, I would say it's similar, but it was saying, I see it similarly in that it was coal-fired barbecue. And it was saying, oh, they're getting a bigger, bigger share of coal-fired barbecue, but the market is shrinking. And so I think in a similar way, I think that the market is growing. You've got a larger audience than ever before. I know, but the underlying, but only because the 
they have a larger market, but I think that you're going to realize that they're going to make a more because they're going trying for an international audience. They're making movies that have less specific appeal and more broad appeal. And I think that's going to hurt them because I think in the next generation of entertainment, it's all about micro-targeted entertainment. I think it's about making shows that, you know, 10,000 people really love as opposed to a movie that 10 million people kind of like. And I think that they're lowering their standards and watering it down so that they can make more of it. They're cutting their cheap Coke with baby powder, and eventually people are going to realize and go somewhere else is my point. Well, here's the thing. going Trying to target an audience of 10,000 works for when, you, when you're, you're Netflix and people, you know, you, you can just be like, oh, yeah, I can make 50 cheap productions and just spread them out. And even though each one of these is only hitting a niche market, because I've got such wide spread thing where people don't have to pay for each individual one, you know, I can, I can, I can do that. Whereas with a movie theater, where you know, you 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 want to have a cinema, and you want people to come in and pay for individual tickets. I don't think you can just be like, yeah, I'll just um, I'll, I'll micro target. I agree. Target which is micro why I don't think I don't think I think costs. movie theaters are going to be I don't say extinct, but they're going to radically change. I think there's going to be first of all with COVID, I think people are first of all there's no movie theaters right, right now open, and I think lots of people will feel nervous going to a movie theater for a while. I think they're going to have to transition to higher end. So like, you know, those ones which are like the big comfy chairs spread out. So fewer people, higher prices, bigger margins for them. And I don't think it's going to be something that people are going to do the same to the same extent. I think the viewing experience at home is way better. Uh, No, sorry, let me rephrase it. Way better in comparison. So, you know, 20 years ago, your TV at home versus the cinema, no comparison. Cinema is better today. People have huge flat screen TVs, HD. You can pause it. You can go get. You can go to the bathroom. You can. You can. It's. You know. The price is amazing for. You know. To buy Netflix and have a huge volume of amazing content versus paying thirty bucks, uh, forty bucks for two people to go to the movies. I think it's not a comparison at all. And I think again, they're making money now, but it's called the harvesting phase. I think they're they're making money now but their core product is going down. And so I really think they're in trouble. And not just that Netflix, by the way, is worth more than like, I think the two biggest studios combined or something like that. Maybe even the four biggest studios. I, I don't know what it is now because Netflix just price is up 35% from what it was four months ago. But like, I think that's proving that like, this is the right strategy and the movie business that is works for uh, Netflix. But what works for Netflix won't work for someone who's, you know, their, what they do is the cinema. I know. People I are still going to show up for the only thing that essentially what I'm going to say is the only thing that people are going to show up at the studio at the box office for for the most part is giant big budget stuff. That's what people go to the cinemas for. Correct. Right? And here, but here's that's my point. what their strategy is. I know, but when everything is where's the disconnect? Well, where's the disconnect? Yeah. It's that then suddenly, can you really run a business if the only time people show up is big blockbuster? And how many that's big blockbusters are there a year? For, yeah, that's the thing. You're, you're going to have studios making two or three blockbusters a year each, couple studios. You're just going to have, you know, one or two movies come out a week, and that's it. And then you'll have a couple small productions. That's yeah. mostly going to be your big blockbusters. That's what it is now, and that's. 
I mean, besides the fact, like, I'd say it's working fine now, but now is not a good time to talk about how movie theaters are doing. Fair. It's I, looking I a year ago. Movie, yeah. Last year, the video game industry made, I think, triple what the whole movie industry made. And yeah, Netflix I, is growing I, I exponentially. And if you ask me, if Netflix said, hey, we're going to release, like if they had to buy a, a tentpole movie that was like the hit of the summer in order to get people to sign up for 10 bucks a month, I think that there's no doubt that the val- like the, the value they can offer, the distribution they have, like, again, I, I agree with all you, what you're saying. I think, though, the trends are aiming way down for movies. And again, this is a long-term trend. I'm not saying they're falling off a cliff anytime. They're still going to make plenty of money. I'm saying their golden years are gone, far behind them. And I think, you know, if I'm I Disney... I think that when you have more and more people who become open markets for film, which is what's happening in terms of the international market. You have more and more countries opening up to, to the fact where people will opening up to the level where people can afford to go to the movie theaters in, in countries where before they couldn't. They're Correct. having a huge growth. Even if it might disappear as we know no, it in North America. That's going to mask that, their right. That's my point. That's what's called the harvesting phase. By the way, I'm borrowing that term from baseball. Yeah, but there's, what's suggesting that that trend is going to slow down? Because eventually all nations, like their, their economies rise. And as they rise, they try to take on more American and or North American values because it's yeah, new and the, different. The, the, and then the timeline until all of that's opened up is there's still a lot of room for, to grow in terms of international markets. Yeah. Huge amount of room to grow. I also think there's a lot and of if room you think for that. What percentage of own. the world population lives in North America compared to oh, lives very not small. in North America? Very small. Yeah. But then I also look at uh, there's a lot of room for them to grow their own regional and local media production. Like lots one of, of infrastructure required for that. I know, but one of the reasons I think Netflix has done so well is, and especially people don't realize this, they've done so well internationally. They just launched a thing that, like in in India, I think something like thirty or forty percent of all Netflix uh, users are only mobile because people there have their phones. But people don't really do like Chromecast or watch on TV, and so they had a de- like a plan, different plans, and one's like mobile only, so you can only watch Netflix on mobile, and it's like their most popular plan. And they have like content that's specific for India. They have lots of content specific for Brazil. All this, and I think that that's one of the reasons they are winning. And I, I just, I cannot see anyone but Disney and Netflix owning so much of this entertainment sphere maybe a third player which is like again video games it's gonna someone there is gonna be a huge player uh, but i don't know i'm we got a little we got a lot off topic but i guess my point is i think buddy cop movies should make a comeback i really do i think they need we need more buddy cop movies but i think we need buddy cop movies that are you know i want good buddy cop movies i don't want more buddy cop movies i want more good buddy cop movies i think the problem is that not enough people are are you know, I think people are making trash. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm going to say there's a lot of trash being made. There's also a lot of good I'm movies. Say there's that just a more lot, movies. Like, buddy cop, most buddy cop movies fall into that. Trash? Most, yeah. I know, but that's my point. I don't think, I think they've been typecast and they've said, oh, it's a bygone era. We can't make that anymore. I think, I honestly would. They're still prefer, making them. They're making off, them. Not many. I think that was okay, the point. when I listed the when I listed like the canon of buddy cop movies, right? Yeah. There's more buddy cop movies that I listed that are from 
the 2010 than there are from the 80s, more than there are from the 90s. They, we've got more of them. Why? Like when I listed the canon of them. But we have right? more movies, period, today. So like as a percentage of movies, they're not more. No, but we're still getting more of them. I know, right? but if I'm we're getting what, more of them, and most what, of them are garbage. Then what? I would say most of them are garbage. Again, I like Central Intelligence. I would. Eh. I think I think more buddy cop movies. I, I'll make a buddy cop movie. Go ahead, make a buddy cop movie. Except, all right, it's gonna be. Let's see. How do I switch it up? I gotta do genre crossing. I feel like that's the new thing. Is like you can't I, you can't hit them over the head. You gotta you gotta add genre. You know what I, I like it? No, I think that most of the time when you're you're just doing genre crossing, you're just being you're you're saying, oh, this idea, I like that. Oh, that idea, I like that. I assume both of those will work together. Yeah, let's just do those two together. Like, yeah, why don't we do uh, a buddy cup movie mixed with uh with fantasy? Oh boy, didn't isn't that how you get like something like Bright? Which oh, is just that was the a worst. really stupid. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That you're, was really just, the worst movie. That's just of all throwing time. shit at the wall. But, to me. No, no, it's but, when you're doing these genre bending stuff. But here's my problem. Shit at the wall. And here's like here's conflating. Bright, I don't think was a terrible. It could have been a better movie. I'm not gonna say it could have been a good movie. What the problem with Bright is so many terrible editing. Terrible sound editing, terrible acting, terrible story, terrible metaphor, terrible writing, terrible themes, like everything in it is bad. So to say that's a reason why we can't have a mythical buddy no, cop movie. No, but I'm just saying that people have tried this, right? They've tried the, the buddy cop genre bending. Would you not say – so again, I'm saying genre, but like would you not say Nice Guys is like noir plus buddy cop? Or yeah, noir? and I thought – yeah. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I thought that I didn't think it was great though. I thought it was good, and I thought more of the fact that it was good was the fact that it's sh- like the guy who who directed and wrote the Nice Guys is like Sh- the, the guy Black? who's done. Yeah, he's he's been responsible for Lethal Weapon, Last Boy Scout. Um, he did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, he's done a ton of buddy cop movies. He's just the, he's the buddy cop movie guy. I don't know if he's done a movie that isn't a buddy cop movie. I know he did Iron Man three, which I guess if you consider Iron Man and his suit uh, Brody, buddy. buddies, then it would be. Okay, but like, question. That's it. That's all he does. Is that's Doctor Strange? Of, a buddy of course, cop he's movie. gonna be able to produce like a one that that works. That's is, his. That's his entire career. Is Doctor Strange a buddy cop movie? His cape is his buddy. Yeah or nay? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, moving on. All right, uh, we've got our movie of the week, uh, which is Good Time, uh, which we're getting to now. Um, I'm going to start first and say my, my, my notes are mostly the same as they are for Uncut Gems. I really loved it. A lot of anxiety. The score was fantastic. The cinematography was great. I thought the lead actor did a fantastic job. It kept getting worse for our main protagonist. The threats were basic. They were understandable. They were real. Very stylistic and had a humanity to it. That's most of that's like most of my notes for the last one, right? Yeah. But again, just on a, a smaller, more intimate feel. That's it. That's 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 most of what I have to say about Good Time. Yeah. yeah do like, you have? I don't have much to add. Like again, I agree. Like I think one thing that I said to Aaron when I did that when we watched it was like, first of all, like I am. It was a good movie, but I'm like, I'm not understanding your like 
obsession with like the Safdie brothers. Like it was good. I was like, I'm impressed, but like, I'm also, I mean, I still don't understand filmmaking, but I'm like, how is this movie less expensive than uncut gems? There's like actually some shots from like, that probably was not cheap. That was like, they rented out a lot of spaces uh, you know, they rented out an amusement park. There was like helicopter shots of them following them through the city. They had lots more actors and like with cops and stuff like that. I I don't understand how the budget was like ten times smaller. Anyway, that's a side note. But I thought the movie was very well done, very well written. Agreed, very uncomfortable. I both thought both of them were like basically the whole movie is just like an intense thing, so that it can have one final payoff at the end where like all that tension is released. It's like, obviously, Uncut Gems. I won't say spoilers. But <laughs> and then the other thing, yes, yeah, so I also did like the music. But the big thing for me was... So, in terms of the music, <clears throat> remember last week I said the, the yes. music in Uncut Gems had more of a sense of humor, whereas this was just really constantly on on the button of driving home that sort of uh, Yeah, but I mean, it, they both fit with the f- film. Like, there's not a lot of comedy in this one. Also, Robert Pattinson was great. I'll give him props. Um, I thought the acting was great. Again, like their film style is very like rough and intense. But the biggest thing for me that I got like thematically from this and Uncut Gems that Aaron and I were talking about was I think what they're saying is people are who they are. And when push comes to shove, you just become more of who you are. So like in Uncut Gems, he's a gambler. And when something happens that's good, he gambles more when something's bad. He says, how do I fix this? I know I'll gamble my way out here. It's about a criminal who robs things. You know, he, when something bad happens, he tries to rob someone's some money. Then he robs a person. He steals a person from a hospital. Then he robs someone's identity. Like he just keeps robbing to try and save himself. And I think that that's is it to save himself. Sorry, you're right to save his brother. I think there's also, he's trying to prove that he's not a fuck up, but that's like slightly, yeah, that's a little bit off topic and that's a little bit deeper, but like, again, that was a very well done movie, but I'm also like, both these movies were like, they're good. I like them. And I, I, I'm, I would check out their next movie. I heard they're actually speaking of buddy cop. It's not buddy cop, but maybe it is actually, no, I don't think so. I heard they're remaking Beverly Hills cop. Uh, it was, they were remaking 48 hours, oh, 48 and no hours which is a buddy that. cop. The guy who, yes, it is. Uh, it was considered to be the first buddy cop movie, but they're no longer doing that. Oh, uh, why? Yeah. Um, they they took the script and they realized that it was better as something else, so they're just making it an original thing rather than uh, a remake of 48 Hours. They are looking into a new Beverly Hills Cop, but that's not them. That's the guys who directed Bad Boys 3 are looking into doing a Beverly oh. Hills Cop 4. True. Well, again, some things don't need to be remade, so I approve Safety Brothers for not taking it. But I would be interested if they did a buddy cop, considering you're like, I don't like buddy cops, but I'd watch anything they make. I'm like, boom. <laughs> Contradiction. Yeah, I've, I've, if they made a buddy cop movie, I'd definitely see it. There you go. Also, on, on the topic of, of 48 Hours, 48 Hours is uh, it's kind of an interesting movie. I don't think it's very good. I think also it's way more problematic now than it was then, just because yeah, Dick Nolte's character is... Racist? way more racist than he needs to be like yeah but again like it's, tough, it's hard to judge a movie today that didn't happen in the last like it, movies they it's are a reflection like, of the times and again i keep saying like we're gonna watch movies in 40 50 years maybe less maybe 30 years and we're gonna be like wow i can't believe 
Like sometimes you watch a movie from like a couple years ago and they make a joke about gay people or something. And you're like, ooh, that did not, that didn't turn out too well. But again, yeah, but I, that's like I'm usually also, like one or two like little things. It's not like the cent, one of the central so, things. Okay, so yeah, it's not it's central just, things, but too, sometimes it's too much. By the way, also I, I'm not a PC person. I think you should be able to. You know, I don't like when people are overprotective of language. So like, but it's when it's. Like you, like that's like you said with Steve Buscemi, like having sex with underage girls. Like when that's the whole joke, there's nothing beyond it, and it's hammered home five times. It's, it's like the joke. There's no actual joke. It's like ha 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 ha, underage girls. Yeah, no, but like, th- it's this like, isn't the racism. It's funny. It's just he's racist. He's very, 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 does very, he become, very, does he become very less racist, racist as the show as the as it goes on? Pardon me. Does he become less racist as it goes on? Uh, like marginally where he's still a super super racist la cop and the hero of the story i mean i just i just have too much issue with a I, racist la cop being I, the hero maybe of the i have story. to rewatch it but like i don't know i think i mean i think it clearly did well it started a genre and it was i don't know was that before or after the uh, the rodney king riots before okay before but there's still tension between yeah. cops and, and the, the African-American community. So again, I think it takes balls to make a movie like that, where those are the two central characters. Obviously they're different, but I think that one was, I don't remember it too well, but I don't remember it being as like comedic as like Rush Hour, which is like, no, it, the, it's, it, well, it's a, this it one was, was Eddie Murphy's character's movie. entire, entire purpose in the entire film for Eddie Murphy's character in 48 hours. So he wants to have sex. That's it. This is an entire character. Is he? He's out of prison for forty-eight hours. He doesn't give a shit about anything except for getting laid. I mean, That's if you were joke. out of prison for That's forty-eight hours, joke. what would be your goal? It might. It might be, but like it. it it's it kind of wears thin after the first hour and a half of his character. I get you. Don't you think? All, I mean, also, I'm gonna say the buddy cop genre. Just slightly back to it. Now that we're back on forty-eight hours and buddy cops. In the same way that I said Rush Hour is just good because it's a Jackie Chan action comedy, the, the first two major buddy cop movies are 48 Hours and Beverly Hills Cop, which is just Eddie Murphy action comedy. Just give yeah. me that. I don't give a shit about uh, the other characters in those. Yeah, right? I, but that goes back just, to my point. Like, I would watch more 22 Jump... I would watch 23 Jump Street. I, like, I like those movies. And I, that's my point. I don't think we need, like, fewer buddy cops. I think we need more good, well-thought movies. Like, I don't really care what the genre is. I want more movies that are good and well thought and less I want movies garbage. that are good as well, but I think that most of the movies that, that are bad fit into some of these genres that, that are just like, oh yeah, we, keep, we can get a guaranteed audience for this because people like that genre. But, a lot of action movies are bad because yes. they know that they'll still make money on action movies. Action, a lot of buddy cop movies with. are bad because they know they've got a built-in audience for buddy cop movies. So you get, if See, you but, get rid of the genres that produce bad movies, you'll have fewer bad movies, I think. Yeah, but I mean, that's not a. I mean, by that logic, like, let's have no movies, then we'll have no bad movies. I'm just saying that if we devote fewer resources to the genres that produce most, a lot of the bad movies and few good ones, you can probably end up with a better overall roster of movies. I get you. I mean, maybe that should be a debate next week. Like, because I'm also like, I think when people say we're in the golden age of television, I don't know if that's true. I think we're in the age of the most television. 
And when you have more of anything, you're going to have like just if you look at just a standard deviation and you get 10 times more movies, there's going to be 10 times more good movies and 10 times more bad movies just by average. Right. And so, like, especially with television, when people say, like, golden age of television, they're like, look, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, like, all these great movies, uh, you know, I was going to say Game of Thrones before that last season, what a stinker. But meanwhile, they don't talk about the real housewives of L.A. and Atlanta and, you know, and um, Forged in Iron, which is, like, a show about making swords and, like, all this, all these garbage trucking wars and all this. There's so much garbage on TV, too. So I'm I'm actually not sure. I would sure. like to just point out that all of the the things that you pointed out for bad television are all reality TV shows. Correct. Because literally, you just mentioned just a list of reality TV shows. I think if you want to get rid of again, just get rid of a genre of television. If you want to get rid of bad television, get rid of reality TV. Could be, but I don't think like how do you do that? Like my whole logic is like you could say like if you could ma- wave a magic wand, maybe, but like you're not going to. No one's going to say okay we're making the same number of movies but no one's making an action movie like it's not gonna no, happen I'm not saying, so i'm not saying get rid of all action movies i'm saying if you reduce resources. the number of action movies made each year if you just say to each year okay you get to choose one action movie that you're making this year who do you want to make this movie they're probably going to to choose the best script that they can find the best director that they can find for that if they if they're only making one of them right yeah, like, they're probably going to assemble a better team than if they're like, "Oh man, we can just make twelve of them," and just like, "Who's not working today?" Well, grab that guy off the street. You're right, fine. but my other logic, my other thinking is, or go in the opposite. So you could say fewer, or you could say the opposite and say make ten times more, and then you can experiment more because, especially when you have ten movies, like first of all, if you say you're the big movie and you're picking the best script, like. Maybe we should talk about that next week. What is the biggest like one that had like all star writer, all star director, and was like a flop, all star cast, all that? Because I'm sure there's been that. So my thinking is was like, a flop financially or both, creatively. Both. We can talk about that another time. But like, did you ever see the movie Dread? No. Okay, you should watch it. Small budget movie, not a huge budget, and it's like clearly was not a huge hit. Like, but it's got a cult following. I love it. I love it. And that's a movie that, like, if you said fewer action movies, never would have been made. I think there's a lot of movies like that where... You don't think they would have just made a remake of one of the more popular, like, an extremely popular action movie with a built-in following? You don't think they would have... Dread's not an original movie. I know it's not an original movie. You don't think they would have been like, well, if, if, we're, if we're just being lazy about this, let's just... Remember, grab the, the original Judge Dredd was a financial and, and creative failure. That was Stallone? Yeah, it was a bad movie. And that's why this one was so tough to make. In, in fact, they wouldn't even make it. They wanted it. People wanted a sequel, but, like, just not enough people. But the people that like this movie love it. And, I, again, I think it's a great action movie. And, and I think it takes risks. It does things different. And it's genuine. It really leans into the character. You know who, you know who plays Dredd? Um, Carl Urban. Yeah, he's so good in it, too. I like Carl Urban a lot. I, I know about the movie. I haven't chosen to watch it. Watch it. It's so good. Okay. Um, I guess that that's uh that's it for this. Uh, next week. I mean, uh, do you do you have something lined up for movie of the week? Uh, Judge Dredd. Let's do it now. Nah, I I don't have. Yeah, any... no, that works. If it's if it's is if I I'll, I'll do Dredd for next week. Well, let me check if it's online where it is. Let me double check. But let's. Well, I'm, I'm sure I can find a copy. Fine. 
I love it. I would rewatch it. It's so good, honestly. Okay. Red. There we go. Um, and then debate. Uh... Also, I like how all your movies are like, okay, here's a serious movie about this. And mine are like, okay, let's watch something silly. I mean, do you think Sorry to Bother You is silly? It was a little silly, but it's also deep. Like, there's no doubt that there's some scenes in that that are silly. Is it... Yeah, but do you think that that's probably not the movie that we've watched on Movie of the Week that actually has the most to say? It does. And also, it was... Okay, the, so my, then was... I don't know why you're saying that I, I'm yeah, I'm choosing serious stuff and you're choosing silly. I, I still think it was silly. I just think it was it was also good and, and had some more deeper meanings. But it was a silly... It was it, the, the deeper meaning was trapped in a silly movie. Alright, um, right, for debate for next week, uh, I thought that we were going to do, I, I, we didn't discuss this beforehand, but do you want to do, um, is rap music getting worked? Of course. Sure. That was one that, yeah. Alright, uh, before we close out, did you have a secret word? I did not. I did, and I used it. Do you have a guess? I don't. I'm so bad at this. The word, <laughs> the word was aspirational. Oh, I mentioned it. Uh, the the guy who was making horn sounds with his with his mouth is an aspirational. aspirational goal of his to make it to the top of the Billboard charts. See, every yeah. time you say when you use it, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That was kind of a weird sentence. <laughs> yeah, no, I I, I just I, I realized I had a secret word that I hadn't used in like, several quickly, consecutive weeks, quickly, and I just like had to. I saw a goal. I I saw an opening. Threw it in there. I just I wasn't going to say anything about the the horn thing, but I figured. I can I can make this work. I can slide it in there and he won't notice. Slide into my DMs. Preferred not to. <laughs> yes, please don't. Uh, okay. All right. Um, I think that's uh, that's it for this week. Do you got anything else? No. Watch Dread. It's gonna be sick. I will sick. watch Dread. I. What's I the, wait? What's the? What you just said there. It's gonna be sick. And wait, what's how okay. do you do homework for rap music? Are you just gonna listen to a bunch of rap music? Well, listen. Oh, I, I I don't know if I'm going to do homework or or if you know what I'll probably do is I will look at over the years whether I've enjoyed more uh, if I can find a healthy amount of rap music that I like that's being made today. And you know what my my thing's probably going to be for next week? What? I've I've already got my argument. If I if I have to choose that rap music isn't getting worse. It isn't you know, I'll getting save it because yeah. if it isn't, I've already got my argument. Okay. Well, don't tell me. You're gonna ruin it for next week. Yeah, I, 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 I won't tell you. How can you not love Mask Off? Come on, it's great. We need... How can I not love what? Mask Off, the Migos song. <laughs> <sighs> we need more flute in rap music. That's the debate. That's the debate. Is more flute. In flute. Rap music. Okay, I mean, if that's that's where you want to go with this, flute and rap music is is your hill to die on. Yeah, um, my hill to die on is Julia Roberts is is not a good person. I know you're the ca- sweetheart, you are and the your ca- hill to die on is flute no, and rap music is a requirement real. for for my happiness. That's not my hill to die on. But you are the president <laughs> of the Julia Roberts. Sucks. I don't hate Julia Roberts. You keep making out like I don't. I it's I just I just think she. She's got a reputation that she doesn't deserve. I think That's we should all. we should write her a letter. You should write her a strongly worded I, letter. I do not feel like that is necessary. <laughs> okay. Is that signing off? My name is Michael Lipton. And this is Joshua Lipton. 
And this has been Just Talking. See you next week. See you next week. Thank you.